Message been praying for Brother Dubs. 
We've heard so far about salty dogma, and uh, which is, of course, you know, your dogma is your foundation, your just your your planks of your platform, the very essence of what you believe in. Christ said we're to be salt in this world, and Brother Dubs went over that. And then, of course, he for this title Sunday night, he used a. Uh, 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 a slang phrase from uh, prison that we can say, and uh, and that is, "Hey, teach!" And uh, of course, they're always looking uh, to the teacher in the s- school systems to solve a question, to solve something. And all of us can be teachers and share the gospel, and even our called teachers are uh, teachers with a specific title here, and I'm talking about Sunday school teachers, Sunday night teachers, Wednesday night teachers, and all the above, we can do a good, jo- a good job, a better job, all of us should, but all of us are teachers, all of us are sharing with somebody, teaching them, somebody we're mentoring, or we should be, mentoring someone, and uh, then tonight, of course, we'll hear about in just a second, every member of minister, uh, so tonight, uh, we've got a lot, a lot of ground to cover. And so, Brother Dubs, after this special, uh, get us going. Brother Byers' wife is going to just fix and bring us a special in just a minute. I'm going to ask her to come around and bring us a special this time. The song I'm going to sing is, is titled, When It's All Been Said and Done. And you know, when we live just for what's here and now, we live for a very temporary thing. And when the, you have a beginning on your tombstone, you have that beginning date, and then they'll put the date of our death at the end. And there's a dash in there. And it's that time in, the, in between there that means so much. And what matters most is what we do for Christ, what you've done for him and with him. When it's all been said and done.
Thank you, Jane. I, you know, I, I really, uh, she's, she's, she's my favorite vocalist. <laughs> uh, I thought that, uh, I thought that, um, you know, if I married into that family, and those of you who know the Knight family in Gould, uh, the talent that Jane has is typical of uh, many of the others in the Knight family, and I, I thought married into it, I might get a little of that by osmosis, but y'all, I learned that did not work. Uh, people pay me not to sing, uh, but um, uh, it is it is good to be here. I appreciate I appreciate y'all having me. I, uh, again, I know this is a little bit different than uh, than the, than the norm. Um, this is more of a uh, church strengthening revival. It's more of a teaching format than a, than necessarily a preaching, and I love to do both. Uh, but uh, there is a difference. And I love to teach. I guess, uh, given a given a choice, uh, Brother Michael, I I, I, um, I like teaching. I like I like to preach. I love preaching too. But I I'm a teacher at heart. Uh, so it's good to see Marilyn uh, uh, Marilyn here tonight. Marilyn's one of my dear dear friends, and uh, we've uh, we've uh, hung around some of those exciting federal program conferences in Little Rock, man. If you want to get excited about life, go to a federal program conference. Uh, but uh, anyway, here we go. Thanks. All right, I can't believe you got my stand. What did you, you get my stand for? Okay. All right, thanks. I do have a handout for you. And by the way, I told, I told Brother Michael, I actually had one Wednesday, uh, Sunday night. And I was about halfway through when I realized that you didn't have it. Uh, so I decided then I was not going to stop and uh, to, to uh, interrupt then. So we just we did without it. But I want to I want to tell you I do appreciate I, uh, Promised Land Church. And I told you before, and I'll tell you again. You have a good you have you have a good reputation. You have good credibility. Um, think the world of your pastor. Think the world of your associate pastor. Trey was we hung around Cabby last semester together and. And um, uh, I just have a lot of, I think there's, uh, Trey, Trey has a lot, uh, uh, he's just got a great heart in him. And uh, he's going to be, he's going to do a lot of work for the Lord over the years. Brother Michael is, I want you to know, Brother Michael is well respected outside. Uh, I know he's well respected here too. But outside, uh, in, uh, in, the, in the circles that uh, I travel in, he's well respected, looked up to. Uh, so uh, you have you have somebody you have somebody who represents you well uh, in in uh, as, as as he travels around. Uh, Brother Michael did a good job of kind of uh, synop- uh, synopsis of, of the last two, so I know not go back to that. But we will talk about every member a minister, and and the the title for this is Who Me, and then the subtitle is Every Member a Minister. I want to start out and remember a teacher now, when a teacher asks a question, it's okay to answer, okay? Um, I want to kind of find out who's been here, have you, who's been here all, all your life? Who's, who's been a minister? So, okay, a good many. Let, let me ask you first, those of you who raise your hand, you've been here all your life. Look at the, um, uh, let's see, I've got to keep up with this now. Which one do I punch? Would you do it? There's my there's my notes somewhere. I got 
Right there. Got them. Thank you. All right, we know how long you've been attending Promised Land. Tell me a little bit, somebody who's been here all your life, how have you grown while you've been here? Uh, how have you grown as a Christian? How you, can you give, I'm not giving you, I'm not asking you to give a long personal testimony, but what does it mean to you? How have you grown as a Christian during, during your life here? Somebody answer up. Okay, so you, you, you've been here long enough that, that, that you've had others to mentor you and you've been able to see their faith and by their faith you've been able, I'm not putting words, I don't mean put words in your mouth, but kind of summarize, you've been, a, you've been able to grow. Good, good. And by the way, I just, I just modeled one of the things I tell you about in teaching. I ask a question. And as Delma Knight always said, some people are kind of backward about coming forward. And if you're teaching and you ask a question and nobody answers, don't panic. Keep silent. If you're silent long enough, someone will speak up and you never know the, the dialogue that's going to take place. Okay, that's... All right. Uh, you've been here... Who's been here less than five years? Anybody? You're the only one? You're... Uh, all right. Huh? Who else? Oh, Becky. Okay, back here. Back, back here. Back here. Okay. All right. Um, tell me what you... Tell me... You three, <laughs> one of you three. What? How have you grown while you've been here? How ha, how has Promised Land affected your Christian growth? Somebody, one of you. And, and, and by the way, when, when you're put in that position, that's one of the best ways to grow. A, 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 teacher, a, a teacher or a leader is, is one who learns, who, learns, who learns the most. Okay? All right, good. What do you like best about the ministry here? Anybody? What do you like best about the ministry here? All right, it's the truth. It's a place where, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's a place where the Bible is preached. The biblical truths are, are put on a pedestal, and we accept those. And, you know, what's going on out there in the world does not influence, uh, influence what the Bible says, right? Somebody else? Outreach. Explain, please. Okay, good. Good. Okay, good. By the way, I just there, there's another te- teaching technique there. If you don't understand something, if you don't understand a, 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 a response that's given, ask, ask. So my my deal is I, I just say explain, explain, expound. 
Okay? So, what else? Anybody else? What about the, the ministry here? What do you like about the ministry here at Promised Land? We teach the truth. Uh, we have a great outreach program. What else? Okay, expound on that a little bit. And, you know, that is so important. I, I'm going to tell you, I had a long conversation with somebody not too... It might have been Brother Michael. I don't, I don't remember now who I had a conversation with. But, you know, they like it or not, I'm, I'm going to tell you, just flat-footed, like it or not, you can say, well, people ought, not, people ought not come here because we have the Iwana program. Or people ought not say, well, you know, because we have the, the um, Upward uh, program or something like that. They, they, they ought not choose us because of that, because we are teaching and preaching the truth, because we do have a strong outreach and we're trying to reach out with the message of Jesus Christ. But the truth is, folks, that parents many times will, will come because of the program that you offer their children. You can hook them in that way. Now, you can teach them the truth and preach the truth to them, and you can teach them about evangelism, and you can teach them all these important things, but a lot of times they don't necessarily make a decision to come here because of that. They come here because there's something here for them and their family. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me ask you this. When you help others, and you know, I know that you do. I know that you as a church have a strong uh, outreach program. I'm sure that when something happens in the in the in the community, you respond to it, or or the needs are met. When you help somebody, what does that look like? And I'm, I hope I've explained it well enough there. But when it, when you when you reach out to others, or when you help somebody, what how do you help them? What does that look like? What do you what do you normally do? All right, give, give me an example. Uh, give me an example of, say, a monetary thing. Give me an example where that might be appropriate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes we give people uh, uh, not just—I don't want to say financial resources, but it, it boils down to that—some uh, kind of uh, a resource, physical resource, I guess. All right, and spiritual, uh, spiritual help. How? How might how might that be seen? What what would that look like? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so we so we we come along beside of them, and we put our arm around them, and we minister to them spiritually. Okay, good. Thank you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, uh, Paul says, and he gave, some as, he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For Now li- listen to this, verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. 
Did you notice that? In other words, he, he gave he gave some to be pastors, some to be associate pastors, some to be you know different offices in the church, different teaching or training offices in the church. He gave them he he gave those offices. Why? For the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints, y'all? Who are the saints? Us. All of us. For the equipping of the saints. For what? For what reason? For the work of the service. What kind of service? Well, hold that. To the building up of the body of Christ. In other words, to put it simply, pastors are the administrators. You know, a lot of times we say, well, our minister is Brother Michael Reese. And our associate is, you know, Trey. Y'all, he is a minister. He is a minister. But if you want to get technical about it, his job is not to do your ministry. His job is to prepare you to do ministry. He's an administrator. His job is to prepare you to do ministry. Why? So that the body might be built up. What is the body? Thomas Land Baptist Church. So that the body is built up. So if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, he's teaching, he's training, he's modeling, he's mentoring, he's, 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 doing, he's teaching truth, he's doing all those things, and then you're, you are doing what you're supposed to do, that is work of ministry, then the body is built up. The body grows, not just, not just in numbers, although it may grow in numbers, but the body grows in maturity. Now, the basic principle for this is my ministry. And when I'm talking about my, I'm talking about us, okay? I'm, I'm talking in a generic sense here. My ministry is determined how God made me. Goal for the class. This is goal for the next 25 or 30 minutes here. That I will discover, develop, and use my God-given gifts and abilities in serving God and others through, through my church ministry. And that I will select and begin serving in the ministry of my church that best expresses what, what God made me to be. I'm going to tell you something. Probably most of you, maybe even all of you, I maybe doubt that, but at least most of you may be serving where you need to be serving. You, 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 you found your niche here. You, you're teaching a class, or you're working in a water, or you're working in Upward, or you're singing in the choir, you're involved in the music program. You may have found your niche here, okay? But over the course of the next few minutes... I want to, to reiterate that. I want to uh, firm that up. But also, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take a look at what you're doing and make sure that what you're doing is all that God wants you to do. What is ministry? And by the way, y'all just... You fed me too much supper, Karen. <laughs> That was wonderful, by the way, um, but I'm having trouble catching my breath. Uh, what is ministry? And by the way, I, I, you know, I hate to I hate to stand up here and talk about Greek or Hebrew or anything, and 
when I've never had any and I'm up here by an expert, okay? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forge ahead. Diakonos. Diakonos. The Greek for diakonos is, is to serve. Now, what does that word look like, diakonos? What, what does that kind of look like? What, something familiar. Huh? Diakonos. Maybe deacon, kind of, sort of. What are the deacon? What are the deacons? They are, they are servants in the church. They are to serve the church. They're not, they're not a board. They're not the, 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 you know, the, 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 like the school board or the city council or the board of corrections. They're not the overseeing board. They're the serving board. Diakonos is to serve. I want, I want to look at the three areas. And by the way, you covered two of them just uh, just a while ago with the with the answer back there, but uh, we minister in three areas, three areas of needs. First of all, we minister to people's physical needs, and you, and you mentioned that you mentioned that if somebody's house burns down or somebody's sick and had an operation and they don't have health insurance and they, you know on and on and on, sometimes y'all we minister to people. People's physical needs. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 35, uh, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to, to the extent that you did, did it to one of these uh, brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Matthew chapter... Chapter 10, verse 42. And whoever in the name of, the, of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Now I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk about this in just a minute. A lot of people have a problem with this. A lot of people in the church, I'm not saying promised land, I'm talking about in, in, church folks sometimes have a problem with this. Because... They, they, we, we think, well, you tell me, what is the problem with this? Why would people have a problem with helping with people's physical needs? Right, it's been abused. People will take advantage of it. You know, we, uh, when I pastored, we were on Highway 65 right there in the Gould, Arkansas. Highway 65, main thoroughfare. They, many times people would stop by. And you know, we, we had a policy. We had a policy. We helped folks. Okay? But we didn't give them money. We never gave anybody a dollar. If they needed gas, we'd fill the car up. If they need something to eat, we'd, give them, we'd, we'd, we'd pay for their meal over across the street at the little uh, stop and rob over there. If, if the, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> literally. But um, if, if, the, if the children needed uh, diapers or baby formula, we provided for people's needs. Even people we didn't even know. If they came through, we provided for their needs. We didn't give them money. Why? Because we didn't want to, buy any, we didn't want to be buying any beer or cigarettes or to, uh, you know, that, uh, marijuana or anything like that. We, just, we, we, we feel like that some people don't want to help with people's physical needs because they will abuse it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know. This is my last night here. I'm going to say this. 
I learned a great lesson, actually a couple of, a couple of great lessons. We got a little, a little uh, a health center there in Gould that was opened by the Catholic Church. St. Elizabeth. It's St. Elizabeth in Gould and it's St. somebody else in, in Dumas. But it's, it's operated by the, uh, some, some good, good some Catholic nuns, basically are the ones in there, in there uh, daughters of charity. And Sister Seraphine, who I loved, I loved her. I believe she was a child of God. And uh, she, she came in there and opened that place up. And she told me one time, she said, Dubs, she said, poor people are the hardest people in the world to help. And you know, I have learned that over and over. Why? Because if we want poor people to have the same social, social etiquette that we have. For example, when we take at Thanksgiving, if we're helping the, you know, if we got a program to help the poor and we've got these baskets that we're going to carry, you know, we're going to carry to the different families and we take them in and we set them down on the kitchen counter, what would we do if somebody did that for us? Say it. We would be grateful. We would say, thank you. That's so kind of you. Do you know that a lot of poor people don't have that social grace? They don't know how, they they don't know they don't know that you're supposed to say thank you. And we take it as being ungrateful or arrogant. Just a thought, just a thought. Remember, now poor people are some of the hardest people in the world to help. But what did Christ tell us to do? Help them. Christ commanded us over and over to help poor people. All right. I better get on with this here. I'm not going to get through. The second area that we're to help is we're to, put, we're to help with the people's emotional needs. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Y'all, sometimes we need to pull up beside somebody and put our arm around them and say, "I'm pulling for you. I'm encourage. I want to encourage you. I, I want to help you. I want to. I, I want you to know that I'm. I'm on your side. I love you." That's that's maybe the simplest thing we can do. Uh, if we're if we're even more gifted, I know that some some of my friends who are uh, who are counselors, who are licensed counselors or whatever, spend a lot of time talking, uh, counseling with people, and and helping with their with their emotional needs. Okay, uh, we're to we're to do that. And then as as the brother pointed out, we're to help with spiritual needs. Now all in First Corinthians five eighteen says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. And gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. What, 
What's he talking about there? What is the ministry of reconciliation? We're reconciled. So what is the ministry of reconciliation? Huh? Bring back. We, we reconcile others to God. We're reconciled to God. We, we, we've turned back to God. It's our ministry uh, to, to reconcile or to bring others to God as well. That's a spiritual need. Okay? Now, the purpose of ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5. And there are varieties of ministries. Did you get that, folks? There are varieties of ministries. Don't put me in the nursery or in the two- and three-year-old bunch. Somebody's going to have to call scan. Okay? That's not my ministry. I've got some ministries, and I kind of know over the years, I've kind of figured out what some of them are. But that's not one of them. And, and you know, if, if you, if, what is it they say? If, if, you have a, if you have a hammer, then everything's a nail. You know, we kind of we look around and we say, and, and, and Barbara says, well, you know, I, I love music. I love music. And I, I don't know why everybody doesn't, doesn't love music. And, and she can't understand. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm using this as an example here. Uh, but she doesn't understand why everybody's not singing in the choir because I, I love I love music. Well, guess what? Some people aren't cut out for that. Just like some of us aren't cut out for for working with little kids. Some aren't. I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of folks not cut out to work with teenagers. Teenagers are brain damaged. They are literally they're brain damaged. And, it, and if you don't have the skill, if you don't have the talent, the gift to work, for, to, to work with, you better stay away from them. And you wish some folks would stay away from them, right? <laughs> and I don't answer, don't answer. I'll, I'll be the one to get in trouble around here. All right. Uh, let me go on. There are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. In other words, God's, God's working things together. He's the one, he's the one looking at Promised Land Baptist Church and saying, well, Brother Norman's got this, this skill. He, he's talented in this area. I want to use him here. I want to use you here. And I want to use you here. And, and we, we work all together. And, and guess what? It's kind of like an orchestra. It all just kind of comes together and everybody plays, does their part. And it's a beautiful symphony if we'll all do, do, what God gifted us to do. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, I, I, I want to tell you this. In, in architecture, form follows function. And what I mean by that? Uh, Marilyn, I don't know. Have you ever been to our central office in Pine Bluff? Have you ever been to, where I, to my office? When we built our central office, I'm the trainer, right? Well, Trey's been there, and, and Brother Michael's been there. We, that's where we have the simulcast. Uh, we have a big conference room. Actually, the conference room is probably almost as big as this 
this auditorium, maybe from where I am back. And I got to design that because I'm, I'm the, kind of the chief trainer. I'm the professional development guy. And I, and I, got, and, and I was kind of given, a, given the free reign to say, okay, uh, we're going to, you know, we got the, we got the electric screen that comes down. We've got all the lights that do certain things. We've got, we got the sound system that's, you know, piped in everywhere. I got to design that. Why? Why? Because in architecture... Form follows function. In other words, I got, to de- I got to design it like we were going to use it. Okay? Does that make sense? In ministry, the opposite is true. Function follows form. In other words, you're already, God made you a certain way. Right? God made you a certain way. It's your job to figure out how God made you and then do the things, do the ministries that fit how God made you. Does that make sense? All right, I'm going to go through these. I'm going to go through these quickly. My makeup determines my ministry. What are my talents and abilities? Now look, most of you are going to sit there and say, well, I don't have any. I don't have any. Liar. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. Those who, who delve in this kind of thing say that normally a normal person may have between 500 and 700 different talents different abilities. So don't, don't sit there and say, well, you know, that, that talent thing, that may be all right for this guy up here, but I don't have any. Wrong. There's certain myths. I'm going to go through these quickly. Um, first, well, okay, good. Myth, myth number one. People aren't, born with, people aren't born with skills. All skills are learned by experience. Have y'all ever been to the Little League Baseball Park and watched five-year-olds, four- and five-year-olds just starting out in t-ball? Is there a difference in talent out there? Tell me. There is. Some people naturally take to that. And then some are like me. Sports, music. Uh, some people are, some people just kind of have a natural inclination. Leadership, the gift of gap. Some people, I think some people are even gifted in math or some people are gifted in, in language. You know, some people, they're just, people are born, born with certain leanings, with certain skills, with certain, uh, um, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Myth number two. Those skills which must be learned or learn primarily in the classroom. I'm going to tell you something. I'm a photographer. Next time you come to my office, I'll show you some of my work. Got it hanging. Got one, got a, one wall. It's got a bunch of my photographs on it. I've written a book. Now, true enough, it was a dissertation. I had to write it for my, for my doctorate degree, but I've written a book. Here a few years ago, I went to my to one of my high school reunions, 
And I saw Miss Turner there. Miss Turner was the journalism, she was the yearbook sponsor, the journalism teacher, you know, covered all, covered all those areas. I wasn't good enough in high school to do, to write for the high school paper. I wasn't good enough in high school to take photographs of the, of the football team. I wanted to go up to her and say, nah, 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 nah. I've written a book and my, my, my photographs are hanging in public places. Y'all, I didn't learn those skills in the classroom. I didn't find out till later in life that I had a, kind of had a passion for some of those things. I had an inclination for some of those things. Myth number three. If you have certain abilities, now these are myths. These are things that are not true. You understand that. Myth number three. If you have certain abilities, you'll be aware that you have them. If you want to know, if you want to know how God made you or how God gifted you, don't look in the mirror. Ask your spouse. They'll tell you what your, what your talents are. They'll be honest with you. They'll tell you what you're good at. And, and while they're at it, <laughs> they may even tell you what you don't need to do. <laughs> right? All right. That's, uh, if, if, uh, you, fish, listen, fish discover water last. Why? Because they've always, they've always been around it. it it's not even, a, it, it, it's, it's reality to them. They don't even know it. You have so many talents and skills that you don't even recognize the talents you have. One time I was, I, I'm going to tell you one of, one of the things, and by the way, I, I, I can tell you a lot of things I'm not good at, but I'm going to tell you one of the things I am good at, or that, I, that one of my talents, is that I can, I, I kind of have the ability to like speak to y'all and kind of tell whether you're with me or not. You understand what I'm saying? I, I kind of get the mood, the tenor of the, uh, of the, of who I'm talking to. I was in a meeting, and this one, this was when I was principal. And I was in a meeting with one of the other principals in our district, and we were, I, I forget now what who the people were, but we, we were in a meeting. It was a small meeting, and this other principal was talking, and I kept thinking. I almost called his name. I kept thinking, don't you see that these people are getting mad and mad, madder and madder and madder the longer you talk. And I'm thinking, can't you see this? And he couldn't. He didn't, he, he didn't have that ability. I, I did. I have an innate ability to start recognizing the mood of people around me and whether they're receptive or whether they're turning off or alienating or whatever. He didn't. He didn't have a clue. Number four. Skills I use at work are only usable in that environment. I couldn't use them in ministry. That's a, that's a myth. If God made you, a, if you have a skill as a teacher, you, have, you make your living as a teacher, or you make your living working with young people, or you make your living uh, 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 in carpentry, or whatever, wherever you make your living, you can use that in ministry. There's a place for you in ministry, even if you're a barber. Most people only have a few abilities. That's a myth, as I told you, between 500 and 700 skills. Now, 
How long can we go? <laughs> can I go about another 10 minutes or so? 10 or 15? Let me go through, let me go through these real quick. What do I have a passion for? What do I have a passion for? Uh, I, I, have a, I have some sentences there. You can fill those in. When I have free time, I love to. What do you love to do? What do you love to do? Huh? Read. I love to read. And you know what? Somebody else will say, man, I can't believe she said that. I hate to read. I love to get my truck and get my dog in the truck and we go out and take pictures. That's what I love to do. Or one thing. If I could make a living at it, I'd love to what? Hunt. (laughs) Fish. (laughs) You know, some people make a living at it. If there's one thing I know how to do, it is what? If there's one thing I know how to do, it's what? What'd you say? Eat. <laughs> Let me tell you, that could be one of the most important ministries in the world. Baptist preachers will love you. <laughs> All right. What do I have a passion for? You know, my wife. Uh, if you hang around her very off, uh, very long, you're going to find out that she, she has a passion for something. Y'all, she came home the other day, I think with two sacks full of flip-flops. Not for her. <laughs> Not for her. You know what she does? She's involved in Operation Christmas Child. That's Franklin Graham's ministry, the shoebox, shoebox ministry, where they send shoeboxes overseas and to third world countries. Do you know, do you know that half, half the kids in the world don't have a pair of shoes? And my wife's out buying flip-flops and arguing with the lady in the at the Walmart checkout saying these are on, these were back there on the shelf for a dollar each. You're not dollar sixty nine or whatever, or two sixty nine or whatever they were. They're a dollar each. You better ring them up for a dollar. And she's going to ship them overseas to somebody who doesn't have shoes. She's got a passion for that. What's your personality? What do you have a passion for? What do you have a passion for? What's your personality? Are you outgoing or are you shy? Who, who are my outgoing folks? You just love to meet people. Come on. Outgoing. Yeah. Oh, I love to meet. Who's my shy folks? You'd rather just kind of sit back and... Come on. Yeah. 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 I, where are you on that? Where are you on that? You need, you need to understand that. You need to understand it because if you're, not, if you're a shy person, then you don't need to be a greeter in the church. You may run some folks off, right? We want the, we, we want these old loudmouths in here. We want these folks that'll slap them on the back and make them feel at home, right? I go task oriented or people oriented. Uh, task. What I mean what I mean here is task oriented. And and uh, uh, Marilyn will understand understand this because we work with staffs. But there are there are. There are some people who you give them a job to do. You say, you know, we got we got to put on this conference, or we got to do we got to do this, and and they take responsibility for a job. 
And buddy, they say, I don't care who I make mad. They can just get mad and get over it. We got to get this job done. Now, who are my task-oriented people? Come on. I know there's some. Yeah. And then, and then on the other side, there's these people-oriented people. And Celeste Taylor, it comes to mind. She's a teacher we have at Newport. Oh, now, you know, the most important thing is that we all get along. You know, we just, we, we've got to work together. And, you know, let me show you a picture of my grandbaby. And, you know, okay, who are my people-oriented people? All right, now. Did y'all, did y'all notice who raised their hands about the task-oriented and, and, and the people-oriented? Y'all don't work together. The very strong task-oriented does not need to work with the very strong people-oriented people because they'll, they'll hate each other. They'll come to the pastor and say, you know, I'm working with Brother Norman and he's a, he's a task-oriented person and he, he, he hurt my feelings. And then the, People, you know, the task-oriented people come to him and say, you know what, I'm working with that Barbara over there and, and all she cares about is how we feel. I don't care how people feel. I want to get the job done. Now, what am I saying here? You've got to understand, folks, that there are different people have different talents. They, have, they, they look at things different. Is there anything wrong with the task-oriented person? No. I'm thankful we have them. They're the ones who can get things done when the... When, when the, you know, when we really need things done, when the deadline's coming up, they're the ones that can get things done. Do we, do we need people oriented people? Absolutely, we need people who, who know how to get along with people, who, who love people. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. Understand that the church needs both of them. They need all in between there. Structure of variety. Huh? Structure. Well, the rules say, now we got a rule around here. Now, and I don't know whether you have this rule or not. Let me just use this as an example. Now, we got a rule. There's no food or drinks in the auditorium. Y'all get out of here with those. We got a rule. It's structured. And somebody comes in and says, you know, we got to bend the rules a little bit, you know. We got to give and take. Structure variety. Outdoors, indoors. I mean, who's, who's strictly on the, who, who leans way on the outdoors side? Loves outdoors. Rather be outdoors, rather be working in the yard, uh, stand, being out on the deer stand, whatever, you know. Indoors. How many indoors people? And by the way, I'm raising my hand there. I'm an indoors people. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to tan. My favorite color of grass is brown. I don't like mowing the yard. Alright? Outdoors, indoors. Need both of them. Drive or ride. Who, who, who'd, who'd rather drive? Who'd rather be in charge? Yeah. <laughs> who, who'd, who'd rather kind of sit in the back seat and ride? Yeah. There you go. Y'all, where are you? you we, need, we need all those people. We need everybody with all those skills in the church. What are my experiences? What are my experiences? I've given you a couple of verses there, Romans 8.28, Philippians 1.12. Romans 8.28, we know it, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. I'm going to tell you something. God never wastes a hurt. One of the things that I tell people all the time is, and I believe this, I don't know if this stacks up with what a true theologian would think, 
But this is, this is my down-home philosophy. God does not cause bad things to happen to people. I believe that. I can't go into, I can't go into a home where a child is, where a child has died and comfort that mother and father and just say, well, it's God's will. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't, I don't believe, I, I think in, in God's, in God's perfect will, kids live. Okay? I don't believe that God causes bad things to happen to people. Here's what I believe. I believe that God can use bad things that have happened to people. There's no better person who can minister to another family who's lost a child than a family of parents, of parents who have already lost a child. You understand what I'm saying? God never wastes a hurt. Something that hurts you. You've been through a divorce. There's no better, there's no better person to help somebody else through a divorce, to counsel and give encouragement than somebody who's experienced that. God never wastes a hurt. Second Corinthians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. All right. What, what experiences have you had? What spiritual experiences have you had? You know, I, I'm thinking of one particular person. He's a little older than I am. He was in the Vietnam. He was in, he was in Vietnam. Uh, and and I, I've heard his testimony he had a he had an extremely meaningful spiritual experience over there. He went through it. What what spiritual experience have you had that you might be able to use to minister to other people? What painful experiences have you had? What problems? What hurts? What trials? Tribulations? What are things that have taught you a lesson? How can you how can you help other people? What educational experiences uh, have you had? Uh, what, what were you good at in school? What skills have you learned? What, 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 what education or, or training uh, do you have that you might be able to use in God's service? Ministry experiences. How have you served in the past? Y'all, every one of us, every one of us, Every one of us is to be a minister in the service of Promised Land Baptist Church. It's nobody's, it's nobody's ministry just to come here on Sunday and sit. That's not a ministry. Your ministry is when you walk out these doors and when you minister to other people and, and you can do it in a thousand different ways. But you're going in the name of the Lord. You, you might minister in the Awana program. You might do it in Upward. You might do it in Sunday school. You might do it in BTC. You might do it in the teen program. You might do it in, in, in fixing houses or helping, helping the elderly at the nursing home or a, a thousand different ways. What is your ministry? Because if you're not actively involved in something, then you're not contributing to the overall growth of the body. The church. Now, I want to close out, and if I can, if we can maybe get these out.
I told I told uh, Brother Michael to uh, that he needed to pick teachers to pass out. Of course, you know some of these some of these others will do too. But I, I have a I have a real reason for asking teachers sometimes to pass out because uh, they will they they know how to get papers out in a hurry. They don't just stand there and hold one to one person. They just string them out there. They get them out in a hurry. So string them out there. Act like a school teacher. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to need one. <laughs> They're coming back. As we close out, I, I want I want you to to give the. What do you have one? You have both of you have one. No. Thank you. Y'all, I want you to give prayerful consideration to this. Now, you might, you might, you might say, "Look, I've all, I found my niche. I know, I know where I, I know where God wants me to work. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's fine. That's fine. You may not, you may not need to do a thing with what I'm giving you right here, but you, you may be sitting there saying, "I could do more. I should be doing more. There's more that I can. There's more than I could do." I listed down there, and, and by the way, if, if any, I listed some examples of possible ministries. And by the way, if your pastor uh, thinks that some of these shouldn't be done, then they shouldn't be done, okay? He, he's, he's the administrator here, not me. Uh, but I just listed these as just uh, uh, examples of, of possible ministries, phone services for shut-ins. These are things that we that we've... Uh, that we, uh, a lot of these are ones that we developed at, at Southside, nursing home ministry, transportation, support and recovery group. We just started a, uh, what is it? Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery program at Southside. You know who's doing it? Some former drug addicts and alcoholics. That Jesus Christ has got a hold of their lives and changed them. And they want to reach out to others. They got tattoos. Up both are a couple of them look like bikers. They said they can't even they hardly can go into a store together. Folks think they're you know, they're gonna gonna get robbed or something. But they 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 started a recovery group. Um a welcome ministry, a church upkeep and remodeling doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your skill and talent is, God can use it. You might say, "Well, I don't do that teaching. I don't do that youth thing. I don't do, you know, I don't do nursery, and I don't do it." That's fine. What do you do? God can use you in that. And I, I just listed a bunch of them, a, a lot, a lot there. Now, I want you to look those over. And here's what I want you to do as we close out. I want you to give this some prayerful consideration. And if there's something that you feel led to do, either a ministry that's going ongoing now, something that you want to get involved in, or maybe even start some type of new ministry, I want you, I want you to write it down, and I want you to talk to your pastor about it. Now, don't go out and say, well, boy, I'm going to start this new ministry. Don't go out there and do that without talking to him and, and, and developing it and, and, and praying about it and, and making sure that it fits in with the other ministries here. Don't just go off. You're, you're part of the body. So, so check, with, check with your pastor and, and talk to him about it. 
y'all, many of us need to be doing more. We're not doing what we should be doing for the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask you to prayerfully, prayerfully look this over and fill it out. You don't have to give it back. If you know, if you know, you can give it back to him tonight. Put it in your Bible. Go home and pray about it. Think about it. Come, come to Brother Michael sometimes. Say, Brother Michael, I, I, I want to talk to you about this. I, I have a burden for this. I have a, I have a real desire, maybe that our church might be involved in this. Or you might come to him and say, you know, I've been putting this off for a long time. I, this ongoing ministry that we have here, I want to be involved in it. Don't sit there and wait for somebody to come to ask you. That's not, that's not, the per, that's, that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to, to, to prayerfully seek out what you're talented in, what you have a desire for, what you have a passion for, and then do it. Get involved. So that the body of Christ can be built up. Let's stand together. Brother Michael, I'm going to turn it over to you in just a second. If you want to have a, if you want to have a verse or two of invitation, that'll be uh, at your election. I, I just want you to prayerfully think about this and contemplate this for uh, during this during the time a season of prayer here. Let God allow God to speak to your heart. Ask Him. Lord, I, I want to be open. I, 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 want, I, want to, I want to be an open book to you. I, I, want, I want to be what you want me to be. God, help me to understand what I need to be doing. Don't go by what other people tell you that you need to do. What do you need to do? You know it deep down. You know it. You just need to do it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now. Father... I just I pray for this church. I pray that for the ministries of this church, for the people of this church, Lord, that 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 we all that they can set aside petty differences or or things that might uh, cause division, and that they might look within themselves and and ask you what what you would have them to do. And God, I pray that you show them through through your word and through prayer and through uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit what you would have them to do. God, so that Promised Land Baptist Church can be the church that you would have it to be. I just pray for your direction. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.